I am probably eight years old as I sit on the bright orange shag carpeting of my grandfather's house, and he is tilted back in his recliner, eyes shut, and pretty much looks like he's sleeping, and on the television is something that I definitely don't want to watch. So I quietly get up, I walk over to the TV set, and I grab the channel changer, and the minute I go to change it, somehow, through some sort of superpower that my grandfather had, he said, I'm watching that. (laughs) To which he would just slowly back away from the channel changer and go back to the floor or maybe go outside and shoot some baskets or something like that. But in the end, isn't that what we all want? If somebody hits stop on your podcast, you want somebody to go, ho, ho, hold on. I'm not done with that. I want to hear what's next. And I haven't done one of these in a while. Back on episode 705, I did what I'm calling a, hey, what makes this podcast great? That was the Mark Marin edition. This one is the Jordan Harbinger edition. We're going to look at why was this good and see if there's anything we can learn from somebody who's absolutely crushing it in podcasting. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for stopping in. I do appreciate it. If you're new to the show, this is where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And don't forget, those come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Today's episode is brought to you by PodPage. I'll be talking about it a little later. It's a great tool to help you make a website for your podcast in like five to 10 minutes and you don't have to be a technical guru check it out schoolofpodcasting.com slash tripod page today we're talking a little jordan harbinger we're going to start off with this talk on jordan and it was really interesting because jordan is well aware he has two formats he does a show three times a week and I think it's fairly public knowledge that Jordan gets six-figure downloads. He gets lots and lots. In fact, in my book, Profit From Your Podcast, available at, oddly enough, ProfitFromYourPodcast.com, Jordan is one of the few people I know of that is making a living solely with advertising. And that's because he gets buttloads of just like buckets of downloads. Why? Because he does the work. I've talked about Jordan a lot in the past, but I heard this episode and there were so many things there. I was like, ah, I see what you did. Uh, I see. Uh, that's, ooh, uh, eh. and I was like, all right, we're going to talk about this. So I reached out to Jordan and said, Hey buddy, I want to sing your praises and shocking. He He had no problem with that. So the first thing is Jordan is smart enough to know that he does two different types of formats. He does uh, deep interviews with people twice a week. And then on Friday, he does what he calls Feedback Friday. Now, if you're not familiar with Jordan, Jordan came from a show many moons ago called The Art of Charm, which was kind of a, yeah, it was kind of a how to date show, but it was really about interacting with humans kind of thing, human nature type of stuff. So he's realizes that part of his audience still wants to hear that kind of stuff, not so much how to hook up and things like that. So he gets some really interesting questions on feedback Friday, 
but he's well aware that Feedback Friday is more popular than his Monday and Wednesday show. So what does he do on Feedback Friday? That's right. He promotes, hey, this is what you missed on Monday and Wednesday because he realizes he's got more people listening. And so what did I do? He explained that there was this one guy that is going around and well, I'm not going to give you the description because I'm going to let him describe it. But here's the thing. Jordan is one of those guys that does a great job of pulling a tease. Now, what is a tease? A tease from an interview is where you pull something that they said that makes you kind of go, oh, I want to hear more of that. And that really is the theme of this episode is, hey, I was listening to that. Hey, don't stop that. Hold on. I want to hear more. And I've said this before, that a good podcast makes you either laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain, or preferably two or more of those at the same time. And in the bottom of all, if you take that and go, okay, got it. Really what we're saying is if somebody hits stop on your podcast, are they going, oh man, I got to go you know, into the school now, or I got to go into someplace where I can't hear the rest of this. Are they kind of bummed that they hit stop? And with Jordan's episode, as I was walking around, I was just like, what's going to happen next? Holy cow. So listen to this tease. Special thanks to Starbucks for sponsoring this episode of the Jordan Harbinger show. Now I'm going to stop that here because here's what I'm going to praise about. That was five seconds. And that's what those are supposed to be. If you're going to do a pre-roll, he's not like, hey, Starbucks, where you get the frappuccino, blah, 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 blah. No, it's like, hey, special thanks to Starbucks. And we're out. So that I thought was cool. And I'm going to give you a little insight here. What did I hear on Feedback Friday? Jordan said he interviewed a black guy who was making friends with people from the KKK. Here's how the show actually starts. Coming up next on the Jordan Harbinger Show. If you find yourself in a uh, culture or society with which you're unfamiliar and you apply those five values to those people, I can guarantee you the navigation will be much more smooth and much more positive. So essentially, I just viewed white supremacists as another culture. And I applied those values. And that's what allowed me you know, entrance into that world. And so when I hear that, I was like, wait a minute, five values. And this guy's meeting with KKK people. I'm like, if, if he has some sort of cool five basic principles, apply these and you can get along and win and influence people kind of thing. I was like, I got to hear the rest of this episode. I want to hear more. So then Jordan comes in to introduce his show. Remember, nobody gets on a bus without knowing where it's going. And here's how Jordan introduces the show. Welcome to the show. I'm Jordan Harbinger. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, we decode the stories, secrets, and skills of the world's most fascinating people. We've got in-depth conversations with people at the top of their game, astronauts and entrepreneurs, even the occasional mafia enforcer, neuroscientist, or undercover agent. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, wait, he's not niching down. Hold on. Listen to how he ties all of those wide interests into one focused area. And each episode turns our guests' wisdom into practical advice that you can use to build a deeper understanding of how the world works and become a better critical thinker. Now, what's so cool about that is now somebody says, hey, what's the Jordan Harbinger show about? 
I don't have to say, well, he interviews like crazy uh, mafia people and blah, blah, and I can just say, it's a great show where this guy interviews amazing people and it's all about better critical thinking. He's boiled it all down into one simple sentence. If you're new to the show or you're looking for a handy way to tell your friends about the show, we've got episode starter packs. The starter packs are collections of top episodes organized by topic that'll help new listeners get a taste of everything that we do here on the show. Did you hear that sound? That's the sound of about 30 people going, wait, do you have a pen that has ink in it? This one doesn't work. That's a great idea. So number one, it's his top episode. So he knows these are the ones that people really like. Here you go. Let's start off your meal with dessert. Why not? Here's the best stuff right here. And there's one thing, right? When you are doing, when you're trying to serve an audience, you can get them from point A to point B. But at some point, the only way you can improve is to get them from point A to point B quicker. And that's exactly what Jordan is doing with that step. He's like, hey, if you're new, let me usher you in. And really, uh, uh, oh, hold on. Let me hit the button. You guessed it. Invisible sky buddy alert. Invisible sky buddy alert. Beware. And I'm just going to say the word church. So don't get too crazy here. But I went to a mega church. And of course, when you go there, what do they have? Spots for guests. Guests, not visitors, because what do visitors do? Visitors come and then they leave. These are guests. These are people that you've asked to come to your location. And then what do they do? They have the people with the biggest smiles and the widest teeth at the front door to greet you and welcome you and, and blah, blah, blah. And then what do they do? They hand you off to an usher. Like there's somebody waiting there and they're going to give you a quick tour around the place. Let you, so you can see just how cool it is. Like you really want to come here and then they take you right to the front row. And I was like, wow, that is a cool way to come into a building for the first time. And there was no pressure by the way of like, give me your money or anything like that. It was just like, Hey, we're really glad you're here. We want to make this transition into this service as easy as possible. Have a good time. Any questions? I'm standing right over there. And that's what Jordan is basically doing. It's like, Hey, welcome to my house. If you're new here, let me usher you right over to the really good stuff that's been proven that people like this. It's making it super easy for you. So for me, I heard that and I was like, I am so going to make me some sort of start here button. And I've seen the start here buttons before, but I don't think I've heard somebody kind of voice it as a starter pack, which is kind of probably the same thing. But it's a great idea if you haven't thought of it again you got to remember that you and I know that podcasting has been around forever. And like everybody knows about podcasting, not everybody knows about podcasting. So why not grab them by the hand, give them the widest and the whitest smile you can and say, I'm so glad you're here. Let me show you how to consume my content and more importantly, how to follow and subscribe me back to Jordan. Just visit jordanharbinger.com slash start to get started or to help somebody else get started. And of course, I always appreciate it when you share the show. And notice that's just a quick mention that, oh, by the way, you can share the show. Why? Because he hasn't given you anything to share yet. Why spend 20 minutes asking people to share when he hasn't given you anything to share? But he's just planting the seed. Oh, by the way, you can share the show. And one of the ideas behind the show is not just waiting to see what our society becomes, but actually shaping our society. And today's guest is doing just that in a way that's pretty damn unique. Now, what I loved about that is he didn't say, and now let me tell you about our guest and read his LinkedIn profile. 
No, he's tying it into the mission of the show and why he brought this guest on. So it was just a super smooth transition. You learn a little bit about the show and why this guy is here. Daryl Davis is a jazz musician whose hobby is making friends with Ku Klux Klan members. And it's a bit of a strange pastime. So already you're intrigued. You're like, he does what? But wait, there's more. Even more strange because Daryl is black. You don't have to know much about the KKK to know that typically being friends with people of color, not really towards the top of their list. And trust me, there's more. Wait till you hear this. Daryl is an incredible guy. He played piano for Chuck Berry, the inventor of rock and roll, by the way, for over 30 years. He's been in that scene for quite a long time, made his mark there. And in his closet, next to sheets of music and probably some sparkly sequin shirts or pants, he's got Klansman robes given to Daryl after his friendship with those Klansmen inspired those men to leave the Klan. So not only is he doing this, apparently he's really good at it. And I don't know if Jordan did this on purpose, but he said next to sheets of music because he's a musician. So it's, you know, KKK is known for sheets and he tied it into sheets of music. Or I thought that was, I don't know if he did that on purpose, but. To date, Daryl is at least partially responsible for over 200 members turning in their hoods. And we're going to hear how this all came to be. Now, how many people of color do you think have a certificate of friendship from the Ku Klux Klan? I'm guessing just one. And he's here with me today. This is a phenomenal conversation that I really enjoyed. Daryl is one charming dude, as you'll soon see. So if I stop the show right there, do you want to hear more? And that really is, to me, like the litmus test of a good podcast. When you hit stop, does somebody go, hey, I was listening to that. Let that play. And as I sit back and look at this episode, the other thing that Jordan did, and I give him credit for this, is you just heard this guy played for Chuck Berry, the king of rock and roll, for 30 years. And Jordan did not tap into that, at least in episode one. This is a two-parter. In episode one, he didn't mention Chuck Berry hardly at all, besides the fact that, oh, by the way, this guy played for Chuck Berry. Why? Because you heard at the beginning the mission of the podcast. It's all about critical thinking. And I'm pretty sure a story about Chuck Berry may not, at least at this point, add to the theme of critical thinking and how the heck do you get along with KKK people? And maybe more importantly, why are you doing this? And so what was interesting is as I listened to the episode, Daryl is a really interesting guy. So how did Jordan know this? Once again, Jordan has done his homework. He watched the documentary. He had some other videos that Daryl had sent him. And if I had to put money on a bet, I would say that Jordan read the book. He did his homework. And that way, he does a great job of leading Daryl through his best stories, his greatest hits, so to speak. So as he's going through and you start to understand why was this person like this, you get to see story. But there's one other key point here. Daryl is also a public speaker. And this is one of the things I noticed that Daryl, I mean, kudos to to Jordan for finding a really interesting guest and things like that. But Daryl is also a good storyteller. And when you put somebody in the interviewee chair, that does not mean, even though they may be great people, I'll give you an example. Alex Bloomberg is the head of Gimlet Media that has made these really super successful podcasts. He worked for This American Life. This guy knows how to make audio. However, 
in my opinion, Alex is a little bit a fish out of water when he is teaching a class. Again, not that his material was bad, but he was definitely just not comfortable doing that. And so you can have people who should are have a great story, but they can't get it out of their mouth. And that is not the case here. Jordan not only picked an interesting person, but they possess the skills to get it out of their mouth in a great way that has you thinking, I wonder what happens next. And one key ingredient of a good story are stakes. So here are some stakes. And he warned me, he said, Daryl, do not fool with Roger Kelly. That's the guy's name. Roger Kelly will kill you. So Daryl's having a meeting with this grand dragon dude, and they've said, hey, this guy's dangerous. And one of the things that Daryl does is theater of the mind. He, he describes the room so you can start to see it's not just a story. You can see it in your head. So now the room is situated where you cannot see who's in the room from the, from the doorway. you got to come in the room and turn around the corner, and then you see the room laid out. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in the most obscure corner of the room at this little uh, lamp table thing. I taken the lamp off. I had a black bag by my chair. I pulled a cassette recorder out of there, set it on the table. In the bag, I had some blank cassettes and a copy of the Bible because the Klan claims to be a Christian organization. And they say that the Bible preaches racial separation. Now, I've never seen it in there, so I want to be able to say, hey, please show me chapter and verse where it says that. Mm-hmm. So I'm all prepared, right? Knock, knock, knock. Mary hops up and runs around the corner, opens the door. In walks this clan bodyguard, and he's in military camouflage, that red circle, white cross, blood drop patch right there, the letters KKK here, and Knights of the Ku Klux Klan embroidered on his cap. So he's not, like, undercover at all. He's just no. repping. Yeah, and he's, he's got um, a semi-automatic on his holster. Want to hear what's next? Exactly. He comes in. Mr. Kelly is in a dark blue suit and tie. You remember Mr. Kelly. He's the guy that people said, yeah, that guy will kill you. Walking right behind him. And this guy turns the corner and sees me and just freezes. And again, I want to hear what happens next, don't you? The other thing I saw Jordan do that I was like, man, that's a great example. I always say anytime you need to make a point in a podcast, if you can make that point with a personal story, then your audience gets to know a little bit about you. Well, Jordan has taken this to his advertising. Listen to him talk about this magnesium supplement. This episode is sponsored in part by Bioptimizers. We're expecting baby number two, as many of you know, and same as what we had with her first pregnancy. Jen's been struggling with leg cramps, little insomnia, but she's noticed a big difference on the days that she takes magnesium. So he's sharing a little bit about what's going on. Congratulations on baby number two. And I'm going to play a clip here. Remember, when you describe things to people, you want to describe it in a way so they can see how they're going to benefit. Listen to how Jordan talks about going to his website and more importantly, why. And by the way, all those URLs, all those sponsors, they're all on one page. If you go to jordanharbinger.com slash deals, you can find all those promo codes please consider supporting those who support this show. And don't forget, we've got worksheets for many episodes of the show. If you want some of the drills, the exercises talked about during these podcasts, those are in one easy place as well. That link is in the show notes at jordanharbinger.com slash podcast. Notice Jordan is straight to the point on everything. Here it is. No, a lot of fluff here. Just boom, right to it. So think about this. You heard, let's say four different advertisers in 
your episode. You go there, you see the four that you heard, and holy cow, there's another 12 here from other episodes. And I didn't read, wow, I could get 20% off of that one and 10% off that. So what happens? You end up buying more things from his sponsors, which see that it came from Jordan, which means those people are then going to re-up and continue to pay him. And then, of course, what else can you do? When everything's on one page, you can share it with your friends. Again, that's a great idea. Have all of your sponsors on one page with an easy to remember website address. Then other people are like, hey, my website is schoolofpodcasting.com. And the audience is like, all right, I guess I'll write that down for trivia night. What's Steve Jackson's website? I know this one. No, he explains why you should go to the website. There's worksheets. There's all this other thing. So, so many people say, oh, go sign up for my newsletter. Why? The one thing I learned when I was, you know, being a teacher, especially for adult education, you have to explain why. Because from the age of two, that's one of my favorite words. Why? Why? So you have to throw in the why. And Jordan does that very well. You know what's an easy tool to have all your sponsors on one page automatically? That's right, PodPage. PodPage is a tool designed for podcasters based on feedback from podcasters. And you can try it for free by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash try PodPage. You can simply go in, add your sponsors, and then have them appear automatically on a sponsors page. You can also have that main sponsor for the episode show up on the episode page and also have them show up on the front page. Here's another bonus of pod page. I got a bill this week from a uh, word fence, which is this security thing that stops one of my websites that's still on WordPress. It's a blog and it was $193 for the year so that people won't hack me. Another one is, of course, if you have an SSL certificate, yeah, guess what? You have to pay for that. Nope. All of that, you don't have to worry about being hacked. You don't have to worry about having an SSL. That's part of everything. I'm here to tell you, PodPage is like a glove that's waiting for your hand. You don't have to be a nerd to build your website. You can build your podcast website in about five to 10 minutes. Try it out it's absolutely free schoolofpodcasting.com slash tripod page hey coming up you're going to hear me have a uncomfortable conversation about findability versus discoverability but before we get to that let's get back i went out to jordan's website and not only does he have a great website where you have a link right where you can subscribe again you always want to make it easy for people to subscribe or I guess now follow. But the other thing he does is he also writes a blog. And when I mean a blog, I don't mean some sort of robot typed up transcript piece of crap. I'm talking 3,534 words of content. In this case, the title was how to design the perfect morning routine and avoid a bad one. And what's interesting about this article, it stands alone. It's an article. It delivers value. But in the article, without making it a giant spam piece, if there's a part or a paragraph or a word that is something that he's previously mentioned in another episode or another article, he has a link to that. And it sounds weird, but when you link to yourself, 
I know a lot of people think it makes you go blind. I, I believe that's a myth. But when you link to yourself, it somehow boosts your SEO. I, I know it sounds weird because it's like, wait, but I know it's a link to my website, but it's for, I'm just here to tell you, I've heard adding links to yourself. What it is, is when Google comes to your website, it follows links on your website. And if those are links to your website, that means Google really, in theory, will cover your whole website. And there's actually, we could get into a whole SEO thing and with, uh, oh, what is that called? There's a file that uh, your index, there's an index. Uh, I still hear that when you link to yourself, it helps your Google juice. So, and again, it's one of those things some people like to listen. Some people like to read. And the other thing it does is I've heard Jordan say, hey, I wrote a new article. It's about blah, blah, blah. About the time I went to visit people in prison. It's this in-depth article. And so when you're listening to the podcast, it is yet another reason why should I go to his website? So he's giving value that way, which also then, what is Google's job? What? is Google's job. Google's job is to deliver. The reason they are the number one, you know, search engine is back in the day when there was Netscape, there was Netscape and then there was Internet Explorer and Microsoft had a monopoly. They were getting sued because they had really taken over the internet. This is way back in the day. And so along came Google. How did Google win? They were better because what does the person who is trying to, you know, surf the internet. They want to type in some words and not have to check the first, the second, the third, the 17th, the 29th return. They want to type in a search and click on that first one and go exactly what I was looking for. And that's exactly what Google did. Again, sometimes people want to get from A to B. If you can get them from A to B faster, you win. And that's what Google did. Well, Google's job is to find good content. So what is Jordan doing by writing a blog on his website? He's giving them 3,543 words of good content. And I know what you're thinking. Hey, that takes time and it's not that easy. And your point is now what I try to do is I try to make the description for my podcast episodes, a blog post for me. A podcast episode is simply a blog post with a player on it. That way, I'm kind of trying to do both. I'm trying to give great content for Google. I'm giving you a player so you can click and listen. And then I try to make it easy for you to subscribe. And that's the other thing that Jordan does is he has easy to subscribe slash follow links on his website. All right. I have a little boo-boo I got to fix. Early, I said... Jordan is one of the guys, well, literally 98% of his income, if if not 99, is coming from advertising. He does on his website under the podcast link have recommended books and recommended movies. And so when you go to recommended books, this is an audience that likes to think. These are people that are trying to understand and better themselves. So he's got all the books. My guess is these are all the books he's read from his guests and things of that nature. It's really well laid out. It's just the book covers. And of course, he's got those lined up with an affiliate link. And then under recommended movies, this is something they do on Feedback Friday is, hey, what have you been watching? What have you been listening to? And this is, again, it's kind of an inadvertent way, but it does work. It's a way for your audience to 
have something in common with you. Like I just got done. I'm almost completely done with a book, the war of art. And it's really kind of a tough love. Hey, you get out there little buckaroo and you don't listen to the resistance and you get out there and you make a podcast for the Gipper kind of book. It's about two and a half hours long. I got it on audible links in the show notes, but by doing that, people kind of get an idea of what you like to read, what makes you tick. And I know that you know that I know that you know that I know that I'm just a dude. I actually put on my socks one at a time this morning, but people want to get to know you. And that's a way of doing that. So that's a little feature that they do on Feedback Friday. And again, they've got links to these movies. So if you want to check them out as well, uh, and these are straight to Netflix. So I don't know if Netflix has an affiliate program, but if they did, I would definitely do that. So it's another way of letting people in to get to know you. So you build that relationship which brings them back to the website. Again, that's just another reason to come back. Hey, you know, I was watching whatever Tiger King on Netflix links out of the show notes, jordanharbinger.com. So there are lots of strategies here. How do you get better at doing something? Well, obviously practice, practice, practice. You put the reps in if you're lifting weights, but one of the things you can do is look at other people who are succeeding and going, huh, is there anything they're doing that either I can look at and try to mimic or go, ooh, that's a good idea, but what if we did it this way? This would fit my audience better or things like that. So you, in the same way that you can learn from your mistakes, it's better if you learn from other people's mistakes. But likewise, it is pretty cool to learn from other people's successes. Now, keep in mind, there is only one Jordan Harbinger. Trust me, really Super cool dude. I got to hang out with him once for a week in Australia. Really. And if you try to do the Jordan Harbinger show, it's not going to work. Do you know why? Being Jordan Harbinger comes very natural to Jordan Harbinger. He is a guy. That's just the way he ticks. He, I know most people are not going to read all the books and do all the hard work that he puts into it. So be inspired by his strategies and all the things we mentioned today. But if you're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to call my show the Horton Jarbinger show. I'm pretty sure that's not going to work. Be you. I can't stress that enough. When you let your personality come out, it's going to attract some people. Now, it's not going to attract everybody, but that's okay. Be you because being you comes very natural to you and people will find you. They will know you. They will like you and off you are to the races. So I want to say thanks to Jordan for letting me air parts of his show today. And thanks for just being a great guy and a great example with great strategies. He is a guy that he's also for the record. We'll probably talk about this in a future episode. He is spending lots of money because he's very successful at this point. He's spending lots of money advertising his show on other podcasts. And that's going to lead me to our next little segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for an uncomfortable conversation. I put out an article in the Podcast Business Journal, and I said so many people say there's a discovery problem with podcasting. There isn't, and people lost their mind. And one of them was Tanner Campbell. From the Real Talk Podcasting Show, link in the show notes out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 786. 
Here's the uncomfortable conversation. Tanner is saying findability is when you go to Google and you type in something. So let's say I type in, I think I even mentioned this golf podcast, a bunch of them come up. He's not saying there's a findability problem. He's saying there is a discoverability problem and there's a difference between discoverability and findability. And I was confusing discoverability for findability. Can you see where this is about as exciting as watching paint dry? But nonetheless, if we understand that some people, when they say find, when they say discoverability are really talking findability, then we can see where we're a little confused. So here is how Tanner describes discoverability. Discovery works on the ability for machine learning to study your behavior and to make suggestions to you based on that behavior. So it's machine learning driven, it's algorithmically driven, and it can only be provided in a centralized format because a decentralized format cannot study you. There's nothing to collect information on your listeners to track their behavior, to guess what they might like. And therefore, there is no way to make suggestions to them, which they are not, as you said, explicitly looking for. So when we were talking about Pandora, he said it might look like this. And that way, when you're searching for something, you find something in the sidebar that's for an album that you have, you were explicitly not searching for, but because the platform understands your behavior, it will say, yeah, but even though they're not searching for this, my suspicion is that they would want this. And so you see it there, even though you're not looking for it, you're like, oh, I do want that. That's discoverability. You're discovering something, you're not looking for something. And while I understand it's not AI driven, I do have intelligence all around me. In fact, it follows me all around everywhere. They're called my friends. And when CNN put out a podcast called Behind the Desk, the story of late night all knew that, hey, you know what? I think Dave would like this. They suggested it to me. I subscribed and I really like it. So I understand that some people might go, ah, that's not AI driven. Yeah, it's not actual artificial intelligence. It's actual intelligence. And I get, by definition, that's not a centrally located, AI-driven, studying your listener kind of thing. But to me, it is intelligence that suggests things that I may not know I would enjoy. And that is a large chunk of the definition of discoverability. And I realize I'm throwing this in after the conversation, which kind of isn't fair, but I get his point. I understand his definition of discoverability, but I view word of mouth as a version of discoverability because that's how I discover podcasts. But there was more to it. So we understand there's a difference in findability versus discoverability. And I brought up that subject then. Okay, so do we have a findability problem then? If there is a findability problem, I think that rests squarely on the shoulders of the person creating the content because what findability is an SEO thing, right? We can talk about findability and the search engines which suck on these platforms and within these apps. I think that all those platforms are probably reasonably equal with maybe a couple of outliers in how much they suck at the searchability in the app. Yeah. So when you're having a dialogue, find something you can agree on. And we both agreed that, wow, search in Apple is horrible. I'll put a link in the show notes where I did a YouTube video showing you just how bad search in Apple is horrible, which is why I always tell people like Jordan had a subscribe button on your website, or I guess in these days, a follow button or a follow page. But 
Tanner had been on the new media show and was kind of saying that you don't need RSS, which makes my head explode because in my opinion, that's all this is. You need an RSS feed an open RSS feed to truly be a podcast. And so Tanner, again, kind of came up with this alternate idea. When I talked about why I thought RSS was no longer necessary for a podcaster to find success, what I was really speaking to was that if you approach it in the traditional sense, there's a lot of work you need to do. You need to figure it out. Whereas if you have a platform which is putting you in front of people who would like you, giving you, and they bought pods, Spotify bought pods, so they're going to be able to do that better and better as time goes on, as they begin to implement that tech. If they're also giving an ads platform that you could choose to pay and use if you want, and you can specifically target podcast listeners if you want, and they have uh, over 100 million or something users, I think it's 20 million users that are listening to podcasts. I mean, if you can do all that in one place and it's easy and the platform works for you versus you can do it over here and be distributed broader, but maybe not accrue as large an audience because you have to do more work. Right. So I don't think that the top tier of reach on Spotify is greater than traditional RSS distribution, but I think the likelihood of achieving a reasonable listenership is better or is more is higher inside of a centralized platform than a decentralized for the difficulties of that a decentralized platform presents. That's really all I was getting at. It's easier to be a big fish in a smaller pond. Yes. Basically in a nutshell, because all 100%. the tools are there in one place. All the stats are there. Okay, I get that idea. So that's crazy, Campbell. That's crazy, Tanner, for you. <laughs> but that's really all I'm, all I'm saying. And, well, and I just feel like as new podcasters emerge and guys like us become not the people who are doing the podcasting anymore, that those people are going to say, oh, easier. So that. I mean, that's technology. You said you're in technology for a while. So you know that the best thing any technological group can do to sell a really effective product is to make something which is hard easy. You know, my grandfather used an axe, my dad used a chainsaw, and I buy a little baggie of wood at the grocery store whenever I need it, right? Like, I don't have to do that work anymore. And you could make comments about how ridiculous that is. And it's true, but it's also human behavior. So that's my piece. So that's Tanner's piece, a little bit of my piece. And if you think about it, as for making things easier, think about this. Netflix knows what you watch. They know what you've thumbed up and thumbed down. They know how far you watch. They know how often you watch. And yet there are shows that Netflix creates based on your feedback and your habits, and they make shows that flop. Anger has proven that starting a podcast was not what was holding back people from starting the next top show. Starting a podcast is easy. Starting a good podcast will take effort, insight, talent, determination, and probably some luck. I mean, is Spotify's discoverability tool that's coming since they bought this new pods thing, is that going to make, you know, being, is it going to make it easier to be found? It could. It might be as helpful as American Idol is at making superstars. I mean, you know, like Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood and, and, uh, um, uh, yeah. Anyway, for me, I hate arguing semantics. I spent eight years married to a woman that I once had an argument because we went out to dinner and she didn't like her corn so much that she didn't eat it. And when I related this to my brother, I said she hated it. And she said, I never said I hated it. 
I hate arguing semantics. So I believe my opinion, word of mouth, is a discoverability engine that's been used for centuries. It exists and it's not broken. And there are recommendation engines out there. There's an app, Good Pods. Check it out. But when an algorithm controls who is seen, you become slave to whoever owns that algorithm. And these mammoth companies are not known for their customer service. Hello, Google. In the past, these kind of tools were radio and later MTV. And both were bought by large corporations that ruined the format and resulted in both of them losing a large portion of their influence. And in our discussion, when I was talking with Tanner, we talked about the fact that there is no real discoverability tool for network TV. So it's not like there are other media outlets out there that have this tool and podcasters do not. I mean, sure, there's Pandora, there's Netflix, there's Amazon, there's Disney Plus, and they have ways of providing suggestions. But why did I watch the Game of Thrones television show? I didn't even have HBO. I ordered HBO. And I started watching Game of Thrones and I binged the whole thing. Why? Because somebody told me it was the best television series ever. And I valued that person's opinion. And we were talking about different shows like Breaking Bad and Dexter. And they said, no, 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 this is the best one ever. But I get it. Look, I get it. There are people who call YouTube a podcast. And for the record, it's not. And I get that when someone says there's a discoverability problem, I need to remind myself they don't mean findability. They might mean discoverability and that those two things are not the same. So, see, you can learn something by having a dialogue. And that's one to grow on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of podcasting success, That is the question of the month. I need your answers by August 27th. That is the last Friday because it'll be coming out the next Monday. And that is, and don't go by, this is your definition of success, whatever that is. Can you achieve podcasting success without being a celebrity? And we, if you feel yes, then why? If you feel no, then why? No judging here. I'd love to hear, again, both sides of that. For the record, I'm kind of a yes person, but that I'm free to, as you heard today, I'm free to hear a different side of the of the opinion, the different side of the coin, and kind of go, oh, that's where we differ here. Doesn't mean he's wrong. Doesn't mean I'm right. It just means we have a difference of opinion when it comes to something like that. So to answer this, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question, and all you need to do is say something like this. Hey, I'm Dave Jackson from the school of podcasting.com where I help you plan, launch and grow your podcast. My website is school of podcasting.com. And I believe blank you can or can't achieve success without being a celebrity. And here's why. And then you answer it. And then at the, again, you've already said your website, you've said the name of your show. Just remember there are no trophies for people that say that the fastest. So say it slowly, say it clearly. So I don't have to keep hitting rewind, rewind, play it slower, and I can easily make show notes. So again, school slash question. And I need that by August 27th. And if you're looking to start a podcast, I would love to hear from you. Simply go out to school slash start. I'm going to help you connect with your audience 
I'm going to help you sound just superb without spending a million dollars on equipment. In fact, I'm going to, I've helped so many people not buy stuff that they planned on buying. I'm like, yeah, you don't need that. And next week's episode is going to be based on a report that one of the brilliant minds in the School of Podcasting Facebook group, the one and only Shane Wiley from Torpreneur and Spybrary, link in the show notes. He found this report and I was like, holy cow, this is amazing. And I said, thank you. You've now given me content for next week's episode. And that's the kind of stuff. It's not, it's a spam free zone. We're all trying to build our podcast together. And you can be part of that group by going to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. And remember, there's a 30 day money back guarantee. If you're listening to this on the day it came out, which is August 2nd, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee at Podcast Movement. If you're at Podcast Movement, I will be at the Libsyn booth. Please stop by and say hi. I love to meet people that listen to this show. We can kind of talk about your show and my show, anything like that. Please stop by and visit me. I really do look forward to meeting you. And I want to thank you for joining me on my mission to rid the world of boring podcasts. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. And consequently, and he's aware of this, Feedback Friday is important. Yeah, it is. It's that. It's exactly that. Look, I'm not meeting with my enemies. Ah, Damn you, fruit fly. The actual article has value. It's actually really, really, it's well written. I'm not very well spoken at the moment. Good, man. How are you? I'm thankful for you doing this. I know that these conversations can seem very... On Twitter, they're very aggressive. You're like, yeah. oh, God, these guys are going to kill each other. Uh, but in real life, we're not built for that. <laughs> we're nerds, kind of. We're nerds, yeah. <laughs>